You can support the Reality Check podcast on Patreon, GoFundMe, or by purchasing one of my books. Links down in the show notes below. Welcome to the Reality Check podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So today I've got a couple of stories to share with you, as well as a couple of updates. So the first story is basically about diet and implementing an effective diet and keeping it and holding it. A lot of people come to me with questions and ideas and stuff about their diet. They want to know how they can implement the best diet possible, how they can stick to it. Because like most people, and you know, I was one of these for years, they'll see a new diet, they'll get motivated, they'll jump on board, and then within a week or two, they end up blowing the diet. And they typically wait until their next birthday or until New Year's to try it again. And then the cycle repeats itself. Oftentimes these diets are like a fad diet. They're like a detox or a fast or something that suggests cutting out a bunch of calories. And what happens initially is, is you lose the weight, it falls off you, but you can't maintain it. You know, it's impossible to maintain a caloric deficit indefinitely. If you cut out all carbs and all fats and just eat like lemons for a week, you're going to be starving. And like, you know, starving means you'll, you know, will eventually die if you don't break. And most people will inevitably break and they will go back to eating normally or they will binge harder. But either way, even if they eat normally, you end up, your weight drops and then it comes back up and it goes up higher. And the reason that it goes back up higher is, is that your body basically doesn't know that we live in an abundant world where you can just walk down to the shops and buy food. It thinks you're still, you know, in a cave. It, it, it's it's the evolutionary body, right? So if you starve yourself through one of these detox diets or caloric restrictive diets, you're basically telling your body that you are living in a environment that's just gone through a famine, that's just gone through a drought, that food's dried up. So what this does is it lets your body know that where you live it's possible for those sort of things to happen. So what does your body do? Your body wants to keep you alive. So it then stacks on the fat to protect you, right? So that when the environment is, you know, without food, you will survive because you've now got more of a fat store on you. So although you might lose weight in the short term, you'll pile it on and you'll keep it on in the long term because your body thinks that another starvation period will occur. And typically what happens is exactly that, because the person will, and I, I, was, I was like this, you will do your fad diet, drop the weight, pile it back on when you finally crack, and then you do another fad diet. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. At best, you maintain your weight. At worst, you actually gain weight over the long term. So now I've taken, and I think the best approach is a slow weight loss process. For me, that involved quitting sugar completely. I've blogged about it and I'll put the links down below to my blogs. But basically I quit I quit sugar completely. I quit sugar f- 9 months ago, but that was after 3 to 4 years of slowly dropping it down. What that actually entailed was a lot of this you know, terrible dieting at the start, but eventually it entailed me slowly slowly cutting down until I was able to go bang stop it completely. I also 
have significantly upped my fat stores for the similar reason as before. Evolutionarily, if there's a lot of fat in your environment, i.e. you're eating a lot of fat, your body has no need to store it on you because it knows that it can get it. There's no need to risk worrying about it being in the environment. If you eat a lot of fats in your diet, your body thinks that it's going to keep coming naturally and therefore there's no need to hold it on your body, right? So I eat a lot of fat, I've cut the sugar completely. So now the question becomes, what do you do with cravings? So for me, I have the attitude that if you're craving something, you should fill that craving. So what I mean by that is that if you are craving chocolate, there's probably something in chocolate that your body actually needs. If you're craving some fast food, there's probably something in it that your body needs. And to not have it would actually be restricting you some sort of nutrient that those things have. Now, I'm by no means saying that this is an excuse that you should binge. You shouldn't just, oh, I'm craving chocolate. I'm going to gorge this chocolate. That's ridiculous. But there's something to be said about satisfying the cravings. For me personally, I've taken the idea that if I am craving something, I'm going to eat it. And the reason being is, is that in the past, I've tried to satisfy the cravings with things that are similar. So if I craved a particular biscuit. Let's say I craved a Mars bar. I might go, oh, I'll eat some sugar-free chocolate or I'll eat some, you know, some sort of variation that isn't as bad for you as the Mars bar. But what inevitably happens is, is those substitutes don't fill the cravings and I still want the thing. So I end up eating those false substitutes as well as the Mars bar anyway. And that's, of course, increases the frustration, brings me down upon myself and all that sort of stuff. So now what I do is I satisfy those cravings. So that brings us to yesterday. Yesterday, I was craving a Big Mac from McDonald's and chips. I It was just sitting there, just eating away at me. First of all, I tried to ignore it, let it go, move on. It didn't go away. And just from experience, I knew that this would be one thing that if I didn't satisfy the craving, it would stick with me. So I went to McDonald's, bought myself a Big Mac and some large fries and ate it. I didn't gorge. I didn't eat more than I should have. I didn't devour all of the Big Macs or order five of them. I just had one. Now I no longer am craving that Big Mac. So what have I done? I've effectively given myself... I've effectively answered that craving, got it out of the system, and just can move on with my time. Back when I was quitting sugar, I would do the same thing. Let's say I was craving the Mars bar. Rather than going and ordering or buying a massive packet of them or a large one... I would buy the smallest amount possible. I would eat that. If it satisfied the cravings, bam, I'm on my way. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to trim up, if you're trying to lose fat, I would suggest the following things. Number one, cut as much sugar from your diet as possible. So that means cutting soft drinks and fruit juices. They're terrible for you. I read a stat saying that if you eat a, if you drink a can of Coke once every day, you'll end up putting on about six kilos of fat every year. So if you cut the equivalent of sugar, you'll end up losing, you know, it doesn't, obviously the mass doesn't completely work, but you'll end up losing a bunch of fat. Cut the sugar. That means cutting the soft drink, cutting the fruit juices. Fruit juice is terrible for you because you're, because fruit juicing takes away the fiber. So cut that as well and try and limit the portion controls of all of the other stuff you're having. Eat a diet that's high in fat and high in protein. Not only will it energize you, it will also let your body know that you don't need to hold fat on your body. Okay. And the last thing is, please, please, please do not 
do not do fad diets that involve massive crashes and ups and downs and caloric restrictions. You'll end up failing like every single other diet that you've tried like that, and you'll end up putting on more weight. They do not work, not in the long term. Second thing I wanted to tell you was a story of me being triggered. Now, the the word trigger gets thrown around a lot in the media, and I don't think that I've been properly triggered maybe more than five times in, you know, in my adult life. And given my past, I think that's quite amazing. But something was happened that I did feel I was triggered by, and I wanted to share it with you because I wanted to talk about the way that I handled it and responded and the, the, the post-trigger incident. So basically, I was at a relative's house and a couple of relatives, I was at my, you know, an old relative's house and a couple of younger relatives started talking about suicide. And one person was very ignorant to the fact of the realities of mental health and of suicide, sort of the absolute stereotypical, you know, it's, it's a choice. You need to, um, you know, you need to just get over it. If you were busier, it wouldn't happen. Just, just ignorance. And the other person has had family members commit suicide. And that person was struggling to sort of respond to the ignorant statements. And I was sitting there sort of off to the side, just listening to it, getting more and more angry. And I I felt just a, a plethora and overflow of emotions. So in response to that, I decided to leave the situation. I just said my goodbyes and off I went. I didn't try and address the ignorant person. I didn't try and back up the person that was that had the family members that were going down, that have gone down that path. I just left. The reason I left was basically to guard my mental state. I knew that if I stayed, I would probably say something I regretted, and I knew that it would bring me down further. After the fact, I messaged and called the person who was on the receiving end of that and basically explained why I left and my position and if they needed to talk about it. And they were they were completely fine. They understood why I left. They gathered it and basically wished <laughs> wished me well because it was clearly triggering. Now the reason I'm sharing this with you, like I said, is because I want to sort of highlight the impact of that trigger and how it impacted me. But I also want to talk about the concept of triggering itself. The idea of triggered and trigger, triggering and all that sort of stuff is thrown around so much and it's sort of become a bit of a joke, but it is real for people. People are actually triggered. However, the distinction I want to make is that if you are triggered or if you know that you could be triggered, it's actually on you the person that's being triggered to take action to either address it or to leave the situation or to let the people to know, right? It's it's one thing to address the situation, but it's another to sort of impose your rules or your needs upon society in general. And there's a fine line here because I believe that people should be free and able to talk about whatever they like, including things that would trigger me. I'm not I'm not against people that are ignorant about mental health talking and expressing their views or people countering those views. I'm actually all for that because that would get more people talking about it and thinking about it and all that sort of stuff. So for me, I wouldn't want to restrict any sort of freedoms in regards to any sort of triggers. However, I would suggest that if you have a trigger yourself, that you take that step back, you take ownership and you start having some strategies in place if you need them to remove yourself from the situation. 
over time, you'll learn what you need to do and start letting people know that, you know, you don't have to give them specifics, but it might be like, hey, if I ever leave the room quickly, it might be because I'm triggered for these reasons. I'll, if I feel comfortable, I'll explain them to you afterwards, right? And that might be enough. For other people, don't even, you know, if you're further away from them or they're not that close to you, whatever, don't even explain it. Just leave the room and come back or give yourself a meditative practice or, you know, go into the toilet and listen to some music, whatever works for you. And then after the fact, when you've calmed down, then you can address it with the people involved if you need to. Some situations in life will generically or will just inherently, sorry, be triggering. That's just a part of life. You're not going to be able to change the world to keep you safe. You have to change yourself to be able to adapt to that happening. Make sense? If you've been triggered or if you have a triggering story, please comment, let me know on social media or direct message, whatever, because I'm curious to know what happened and how you addressed it. The final thing I want to address is that I've implemented a $10 tier on Patreon. So Patreon's a way that you can support what I'm doing here. What I want to do is, as you know, I'm trying to, I'm always going to release the stuff that I'm doing for free online. So my book, How to Get Your Shit Together and Under the Influence and Upgrade, I'm going to release all the chapters. And if you like them, you can choose to buy them and a bunch of people are. But I also want to be able to provide people with a bit of a behind the scenes sort of look at my creative process, look at what I'm doing and basically give them some extra value if they want to support me. So I've implemented a $10 behind the scenes sneak peek tier. And basically what that will be is, is once a week I'll be posting a video that's basically a vlog sort of format of me sharing what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and sort of letting people in on the backstory of what I'm doing. So for example, this week I've just started a my first attempt at a proper novel, as in a, not an anthology, like a, a, a full novel. I'm going to call it Lucidity. It's basically a, takes place in a universe where dreams are connected. So basically you'll, there will be a certain group of people and people in the blog, in the, if you sign up for the $10 tier, I'll go into full depth about this. But basically there'll be different levels of ability to control dreams and connect to dreams and that sort of stuff. And if you think about a universe in where dreams are controlled and connected and that sort of stuff, there'll be corporations using it to, for marketing. The government will use it as a control device. There'll be propaganda. There'll be you know opportunities for time dilation and to sort of manipulate people in the dreams. There'll be you know information sharing. There'll be a way to explain modern day theology and that sort of stuff through the guise of the rules of this universe that I'm creating. So if you're interested in getting a behind the scenes peek at Lucidity, as well as the other projects that I'm doing and sort of I'll, I'll share it, you know, walk you around my room, show you what I'm doing in terms of, you know, how I prioritize my day, the, the specific sort of lifts that I'm doing in the gym, that sort of behind the scenes stuff that some people are definitely interested in this is your opportunity. Sign up for the $10 tier. It's only $10 per month. That's actually like, you know, two bucks a, a week. <laughs> so if you if you think I'm worth, you know, half a cup of coffee a week, sign up and you'll get some extra value. I'll put the links down to my Patreon below. And, you know, on, on this topic, I just want to say, for some reason, this last week, I've had a massive jump in people sharing what I'm doing, people commenting. I'm opening up my social and I've just got just stacks of comments and likes and direct messages and people have been resharing my stuff in in such percentages that I've not seen before. I'm not 
100% sure why it's happening this week as opposed to like why there's such a jump. I'm grateful for it and I really appreciate it. So um, if you haven't already, please, you know, like, share, subscribe, do the whole thing. If you haven't for this podcast, please give it a review. Um, it really does help. And like I said, if you're interested in supporting what I'm doing, I'll chuck the support links down below, as well as the specific link to Patreon. If you want to be a part of that $10 per month tier, you'll be able to get a behind the scenes look at what I'm doing. And, you know, just on the topic of lucidity as a novel, I'm a bit nervous about attempting a full fiction novel because it's, you know, when I share my own story and my own journey and sort of the the, the, the the blog and podcast advice that I usually do, like what I'm talking about, the weight loss or being triggered or how to get your shit together or under the influence, that sort of stuff, it's my story. So it's not a it's not artistic or it's not a creative project in the same sense as a fictional novel that's sort of separate to what to everything else that I'm doing. When I release this book or when I release anything creative like Upgrade or like my poetry or short fiction, it sort of stands alone and it's like, here's this piece of art. This is the best that I could make it, right? And there's, there's a level of anxiety or fear that I have that it won't be good enough, that people won't respond to it, that they won't like it, that I can't do a good enough job. And, you know, I, I've been I've been sitting on this, this concept, this idea um, I've got like the whole, you know, a baseline of the story sort of worked out, but I've been sitting on it for probably a year and a half or two years. Part of the process that I actually just did was to look back over my notes and I had pages and pages of notes re you know, written and I've decided to take that process and rewrite it and sort of get my head back in the game. But I've been sitting on this and just sort of just stewing on it for years going, I'm not good enough or people won't like it, or what if it fails, or, you know, and, and weirdly, what if it's successful? What if people really like it? What does that mean? What would that mean for me? What would that mean for a whole bunch of stuff? It's just, you know, obviously anxiety. So for anyone out there that's doing creative work, I can I can really appreciate the, the, the bravery that you have in just putting yourself out there and letting the world judge. So like I said, Please like, comment, subscribe, give me that review. And if you want to support, links down below to those support things, particularly the $10 new tier on Patreon. Catch ya.